Imagine being present, calm, and connected while creating a family environment where everyone can thrive. Welcome to the I Am Mom Parenting Podcast, providing inspiration and actionable steps to manifest the meaningful and magical life you desire for you and your family. We are your hosts, Dimple Aurora, founder of Mindful Evolution, and Shaisa Fateli, founder of Thrive Kids. Thank you for sharing the I Am Mom journey with us. Let's get started. Following information is not intended to diagnose, prescribe, prognosticate, or treat any medical condition or replace the advice from a licensed health practitioner. Any suggestions are based on historic and traditional natural healing methods to help the body achieve balance and heal itself. Enjoy listening. Hi there, and welcome back to the I Am Mom Parenting Podcast. We've been talking about food allergies and intolerances on the podcast the past few weeks. Today, we have a very special guest with us to continue the conversation on this fascinating topic. Robert Tomlinson and his partner are the founders of the Institute of Natural Health Technologies. Robert has done extensive research on allergies and the cause of allergies. His work stems across the fields of immunology, electromagnetism, and biophysics. He has some great insight into the root causes of disease, precisely why our bodies become disrupted and create abnormal pathology. His work was instigated by a multitude of personal health challenges, which led him to begin his research in the field of magnetic therapy all the way back in 1980. His complete recovery provoked a study in a wide array of natural therapies in the years to come. Today, we're going to discuss some alternative and complementary therapies that you can use for you and your kids and your entire family to rebalance your body and optimize your health. So welcome, Robert. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for joining us. I'm so excited for this conversation. I mean, you have training programs all across North America, mm-hmm. and you currently operate in uh, the headquarters in Oakville, right. and you conduct training on bioenergetics. It's such a fascinating field. Mm-hmm. And you are a registered bioenergetics practitioner and iridologist. Which most people don't know what a registered bioenergetics practitioner, let alone iridologist, but Exactly. Iridology is, is known in most countries in the world. There's resident iridologists on staff in hospitals in Germany and Netherlands and Italy and Korea, Russia. You have to be a medical doctor to be an iridologist. South America, Central America, it's a university degree to be an iridologist, but really nobody knows what uh, an iridologist is here. Absolutely. So, so what is uh, bioenergetics and what is an iridologist? Well, um, I'll start with the uh, iridology first, and I'll get into bioenergetics. Iridology is the study of the nerves in the eye. There's um, 65% of all the nerves in the eye travel, sorry, 65% of all the nerves in the brain travel through the eyes. And this is what the blue and the brown part of our eyes, the iris, are made from. There are millions of nerve fibers. And they are connected. So the nerves leave for the eye through the optic nerve, optic thalamide, down the spinal cord to the organ, to the brain. So it's a continuous loop of nerve fiber. So anytime there's a problem somewhere in the body, 
um, subluxation, which is a pinching a nerve, disease, atrophy, injury, inflammation, something going on, mm -hmm. it will mirror tissue change in the eye. And we can tell what part of the body is in trouble by just a certain marking in the eye. And, and again, they're using this all over the world. There's resident iridologists on staff in hospitals. So when a patient comes in a coma in a trauma ward, um, you can't just say, so what happened? Because they're in a coma. So they have to ask the resident iridologist to assist them and tell the surgeons where to start. There's so much depth to this therapy or this, uh, this work. There's so much depth to it. And yeah. it's very complex. I know. It's, and it's, I love it. Lever oh, love amazing. It. And bioenergetics, would I be correct to stay to say it's BIE is the short BIE, yes. bioenergetics okay. for short. So what BIE is, is a natural method that helps a person's body recognize the culprit that's causing the problem. Every disease, every disorder in the body has to have some kind of a culprit that's causing it. But it's hidden from the body or the body doesn't recognize it. So it just lives with it. And people go on feeling ill or have whatever disorder they have. So what we do bioenergetics, uh, it's basically the body is electrical. So it responds best by electric electricity. And so if we can somehow speak to a person's body at their body's language, which is the, the language of the body is electricity. There's an electromagnetic field that flows around the body. It flows up through these channels called meridians and the electrons leave the top of the head and they go back in the palms, the hands, soles of feet. So it just keeps moving around. So that brain uses that energy to communicate to all the other cells in the body. There's a hundred trillion cells that the brain has to talk to and tell it to make sure it's working properly cells can talk to each other. So how does the body know when it's pitch black inside the body, which it is, how does it know when something passes by it in the bloodstream go, no, I don't want that one. No, I don't want that. This one I'll take and how yeah. to break it down, how to dump toxins, how to create energy in the cell, communicate with the brain, communicate to other cells, reproduce. How does it tell it to do that? The brain is talking to it. Actually, many of my patients were uh, medical doctors or have been medical doctors. And so I always ask them, how does the brain know, or, mm -hmm. or sorry, how do the cells know what to do? And I said, well, the brain tells it to do that. How does the brain tell it to do that? With electrical impulses. And um, of course, most people haven't been taught that theory. It's, it's almost like your brain or your body is like a computer. You, yes. you have hardware, everything you can test, see, feel, but there's an, an invisible essence that flows through it. Now that sounds absurd and way out there, but it's called software and you don't see software, but the software is what makes it come alive and causes it to think. So our cells know what they're supposed to do, but the problem is we have electronic or electrical blockages in our cells and we get that from stress. Do you yes. know anybody with stress? <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> we, we create so many of our own blockages. I mean, speaking the language of the body really is energetic. Yeah, right? exactly. And, and that's exactly what it is. And the way I always tell people too, is we work with energy all the time. If you walk into a room and there's just been an argument, you can feel it. Yeah. You feel right? energy. Absolutely. And some people so, you yell with some people, you, you know, you don't jive with. So it's but, a vibe. It's a vibe that we're, we're always picking up these different vibes, right? Exactly. 
So the body either recognizes something or it doesn't. And if it fails to recognize it, it won't utilize it. Even things like, um, I'll, I'll tell you an example, how we develop these illnesses or, or disorders is we just become stressed. So it's either an emotional stress or physical stress or mental stress. <clears throat> and at the time I may be eating an apple and my body says, well, I understand apple. I've had apples before. Yum, yum, yum is delicious. And it breaks down and absorbs into my body. And my body says, well, that's apple. And I'll take the nutrients from it. Now try eating the apple during a stressful event. The body mm -hmm. goes, oh my gosh, maybe that apple is what's causing the stress because the cells don't know the difference, what's causing stress, what's not. So it literally blocks it. And then you try to eat it and then, oh, I don't know what's wrong with that. I've been eating apples all my life, but now they tend to go right through me or they bloat me or something. And I think everybody's pretty much experienced that. I used to be able to eat something as a kid. Now I can't. And I don't just blame that on age. I blame that on over time, you build up these electro electromagnetic blockages in the cells and then the body can't recognize them anymore. It's learned to block them. What else was I eating? Block that. What was I drinking? Block that. What else was I eating? Block, 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 block. So anything that we try to eat during a stressful event, the body will literally block. Now, uh, we predicate that it happens within the body too. So it's not just things coming into the body that the body blocks. It's things within the body block this one, vitamins, minerals, hormones, stomach acid, and things that, you, well, that's absurd. Your body has to have these vitamins and minerals. <laughs> it, it, that's what the body does. It has this inept ability to just block something that could potentially be causing that stress. So I don't want it anymore. Mm -hmm. This is what I wrote a paper on 25 years ago, what causes the aging process. The, and certain cells open up after a while and starts to recognize it, but certain ones are just locked down. So we just start breaking down very slowly over the years. And that's what happens. What BIE does is it helps the body to re-recognize those things that it had blocked at one point. And then it opens up and says, oh, that's what that is. Okay. I know it. I shouldn't be throwing that off. I should be absorbing that. And, and that's, that's how we do it. So it's like your body, and you can interrupt me at any time if I just keep mm -hmm. talking. <laughs> I love, I love hearing this information, and I have so many questions whirling through my head. Well, I'll say this quickly: your body is like a bucket, and mm -hmm. the bucket has holes in it. Well, I'm pouring the nutrients in the bucket, and as fast as I'm doing that, it's leaking out the holes. So the water level keeps going down. Well, how do I get that water level up? I'll just pour more in and we'll top it up. No, it just keeps going down. Just top it up again. I'll, I'll just keep going. Okay, for heaven's sakes, just take it. So for example, let's say I'm lacking calcium. Mm -hmm. Why am I lacking cal calcium? Because maybe my body's rejecting it. So I take calcium. I'm okay for a bit. And then it drops down and all the calcium leaks out of my, my, my cells or whatever, my blood. Mm -hmm. let, me, let me try that again. This, so we give it a little bit more calcium, builds it up and it just keeps going down. So, okay, forever, for heaven's sakes, just keep taking calcium. Is that the answer? You exactly. just keep taking and taking and taking stuff when your body keeps throwing it off. Why not patch the holes of the bucket? And then when you take stuff, it stays in the body. Same with Absolutely. Iron. I'm low on iron, take iron. Well, why are you low on iron, you know, et cetera. So this but, is a big one that I see with a lot of women that I work with as well is they they're anemic, they have low iron, and they keep getting prescribed iron, but nothing is happening. There's right. no benefit. 
And this is a prime example of the body rejecting the iron and not raising the levels. Now I came into your clinic at one point when my body was not recognizing vitamin D and I was very low in vitamin D and not able to, to increase my D no matter what I did. So I would say that getting my body to recognize the D was, was absolutely beneficial to me. Now I have been at that point in my life at where I felt like I was say, I would say reacting to everything when I was, you know, a decade ago and I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and I was very sick and I had every single symptom in the book that could be classified as any condition, any autoimmune condition. Um, I myself came to a point where I couldn't eat something as simple as tomatoes or chicken or things that I was eating my entire life onions. And so it is definitely when people's bodies go out of balance, what you're what I hear you saying is that their body cannot recognize what they're putting into into it. Right, right. that's exactly it. It's not that there's a problem with that food or chicken mm -hmm. or whatever you're saying. It's just that the body I've, you were eating it once when you were stressed, boom, body blocked it. And that's how it happens. Now, occasionally things open up. I remember having a very, very bad, bad flu when I was one year old, I'm sorry, when, when I was uh, in grade one, I was six years old. Okay. And I just remember having a peanut butter and jam sandwich. And later on, I had a dill pickle, you know, mm -hmm. now back then, I won't name you what year it was, but back <laughs> then people could eat peanut butter all the time, never have to worry about peanut allergies, but they've really surfaced up. You know, so I, uh, so I'm starting to vomit and, and I, I uncontrollably every, about every 10 minutes I was vomiting and this lasted for two weeks. And this is back when doctors would actually come to your home. Don't try to guess my age. So, but the fact is they, they're actually coming home and saying, what, what did he eat? Did he, did he get into poison? So my mom would say, what did you eat? Did you get into the bathroom? Did you, did you swallow any liquids under the bathroom counter? No. Did you get in the, the, the medicine cabinet? Did you take any pills? No. Well, we don't know what's wrong. What did you eat? I had peanut butter and jam. Go Bob, my brat, my dad, go get some, go try the peanut butter out. Mm. So you want, you want me to see if it's, it's going to kill me. Okay. Let me just go check that. So he <laughs> yeah. eats peanut butter and he says, tastes fine to me. What else did you eat? Dill pickle. Go try the dill pickle, Bob. Okay. So he <laughs> eats the dill pickle. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But I remember after this two week flu, that's all it was. I could not go near peanut butter or dill pickle for about eight years. And to me, it smelled like dead animal carcass it's stunk but then i'd give it to my mom and my dad is something's wrong with this and they they take it and my dad would try to get what don't, you can't tell you can't tell because you're both smokers and so mm -hmm. i'm going to give it to my brothers and my sister they smelled it what's wrong with you people why do you keep eating this stuff can't you smell how bad that is well there really was nothing wrong with it but it was i was exposed to it the day of so my body says i'm not going back there and blocked it, and it even stopped the the nerve transmission from my olfactory nerves and my sinuses to my brain. Wow! So they shut it off. I do not want you going back there. I do not want to go to that stressful event again. So I'm going to block anything that you were exposed to. And I learned that back in when I was in grade one. And uh, so we're still seeing that today, and that could be 
vitamins and minerals and hormones. You see, people come to me with every kind of disorder or disease. Mm-hmm. And I work, we work with anything from A to Z. But do I, do I treat any disease? None. I treat no disease. I treat no symptom. All I do is help the body to recognize the culprit that's causing it. Well, how do I do that? Well, first off, everything has its own unique molecular vibration rate. That's what they call it in science because the, the vol- molecules are vibrating at a certain speed. So they call it mm-hmm. a signature or a fingerprint. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. So everything has a signature or fingerprint. So your body either recognizes it or it doesn't. If it mm-hmm. does recognize it, no problem. I know what to do with it. If it doesn't recognize that vibration anymore, mm-hmm. then it rejects it somehow. It either flushes it out or stores it. Well, what mm-hmm. does the um, behind any disease on planet earth is based on a deficiency of something or an excess. You can talk to any doctor, they'll tell you just a deficiency of something or an excess. Mm-hmm. Well, that depends on whether the body's flushed it out or stored it. Mm-hmm. So then how do I communicate to the body and tell it, you know, try to introduce it back to the body. Body's already blocking it. Mm-hmm. I have to speak to the body at the body's language, which is electrical current. So we have developed a machine. It's a patented little device with a, a metal plate on it. And anything that I put on top of it, it runs an electrical current through it, measures the vibration, the signature, and then translates it to electrical impulse, which we imprint in the body. It's very gentle. It's very relaxing. Little kids feel completely comfortable with it because you cannot feel anything, but it's very relaxing. So mm-hmm. what it's designed to do is relax the body. So you've got to understand you got stressed by and exposed yourself something to some you exposed yourself to something so the body blocked it stress exposure block so to undo that we have to relax the body expose you to it and then so your body can have it again but okay so so are you saying that first of all these you're seeing a lot of kids come into the clinic parents as well mm-hmm. um before we go further because this is a lot for somebody to take in who's hearing it for the first time what give me an example or a few examples of why somebody would bring their child into the clinic for a session oh well i mean we talked about allergies again mm-hmm. i don't treat an allergy mm-hmm. but once the body is able to recognize a harmless substance, which really what an allergy is, mm-hmm. and it can differentiate between good and bad, harmful and non-harmful, deal with it accordingly, and then the body heals itself as of its own symptoms. So they'll come in for that. They come in for uh, focus, attention issues. I can't focus and concentrate. Maybe the culprit there is an f- essential fatty acid that the brain's not getting. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're not, their, their body has a problem processing sugar. So the brain needs sugar and it's starving from that. And so they can't focus. They get an attention deficit. I won't mm-hmm. call it ADD. I'm not diagnosing that, but I'm just saying they're not focusing. They can't, they can't concentrate. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be sugar. Like I said, it could be essential fatty acid. It could be bedwetting. Mm-hmm. Do you know the number one cause that I have seen in 25, 30 years that people, the kids wet the bed it's because of a food intolerance. So what happens is that that food shocks the, the body and the adrenal glands react. And they're in the back, just over top of your spine and they work on fight and flight. Well, those adrenal glands sit on top of your kidneys. So whatever affects the adrenal glands automatically affect the kidneys. So when the child eats something they're, they're intolerant to, often, it uh, stresses the adrenals, affects the kidneys, and they pee. Now, why do they wet the bed? 
uh, kids are often very, very deep sleepers and they tend to sleep through it. Us adults, we go, oh no, I think I got to go to the bathroom. So we get up and go to the bathroom. And so uh, bedwetting is very, very common because of food intolerances. What uh, about uh, skin issues like eczema? Oh, so many, so many. And a lot of eczema issues are caused because they are actually intolerant to fat and oil. Exactly. You don't think of that. You don't think of that as that's a food intolerance. But kids are intolerant to fat and oil. It could be olive oil, even a good oil like olive oil or coconut oil or avocado oil, those really good oils. But then there's the food, the oil in the foods. You've got eggs and and uh, chicken, fish, and turkey. Even even peanut butter or nut peanuts, butters. Nuts, yep. all nuts, seeds, uh, yes. avocado. Yeah. So when the body says, I don't know what this is, get it out of my body. Well, the body eliminates toxins through the colon, the kidneys, the skin, and respiratory. And so there's two pores on the skin. One is a sweat gland. The other one's a uh, an oil gland called a sebum or sebaceous gland. So that's mm -hmm. where the oil comes out and it causes rashes. That stuff comes out to the skin. So we see that all the time. Um, another one, the kid just came in uh, yesterday and has said, I, he has an atrocious appetite. Now we're, you may not understand what I'm saying. But there's two hormones. One shuts the end, the appetite off and the other one turns mm -hmm. it on. So they might be having a tolerance to one of those two hormones, and then they can't regulate their hunger. Um, another one, uh, kids come in with um, colds and flus all the time, and they're constantly getting sick. Yes. So do I treat a cold? Do, do I treat a flu? Not at all. But you, you have to understand, if a person just keeps continually keep getting infected, chances are they have too much fungus in their body, like too much yeast, because bacteria and virus love to live in yeast and so the more yeast you provide the more inviting it is for bacteria and, and uh, uh, virus to stay in the body i i was that person i was that person with with severe yeast overgrowth and constantly being affected when i was young with so many different ailments sinus infection yeast infection urine infection exactly. um bronchitis, ear infection. Tell me uh, about, uh, uh, do parents come in with children who have frequent ear infections? Oh, yes. Well, I we find that a lot of ear, nose and throat issues are linked to too much yeast in the body. And how do mm. people get a yeast overgrowth? Well, we all have yeast in our body. It's in our gut and helps us we to do. break down heavy metals and things like that. But when we overfeed it, um, what does yeast love? Sugar. Right. <laughs> the kids love sugar, 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 sugar. And the more we keep feeding it, it more just keeps growing and growing, and growing. And yeast will double in size every two hours. You know what it does to Oh, wow. When you put it in a lump of dough, you see it rise. So it's doing that inside of our body. And we have enough good bacteria that's supposed to keep it down. But um, if we take, uh, I know there's a lot of things that cause the uh the diminishing of that good bacteria in our gut is probably mostly our, our diet. Um, we need to replenish it every once in a while. So it's probably a very good thing for kids to take probiotics. Exactly. Would you say that the, one of the reasons that the gut ends up with um, a diminished good bacteria is because of the use of antibiotics when they're young at a young age? Yeah, unfortunately, antibiotics, thank God for them when you really need them. 
right when you've got emergency situations and the critical situations, thank God, because I've had to take antibiotics myself. Yes. However, if for any little infection and if they're taking antibiotics and they're overused, see antibiotics kill bad bacteria, but they also kill the good bacteria and the good bacteria control the bad bacteria in a lot of cases, and they also control yeast in the body. So that can happen feeling very stressed, scattered, lots in their mind, that can throw off the pH of the, the body and that can cause a yeast overgrowth. Um, yeah, and, and women can use from uh, uh, just different birth control pills that can throw it off, getting pregnant, that can throw it off. And then it goes into the baby in the womb mm -hmm. and the babies will come out, they've got thrush, cradle cap, um, diaper ash. Those are all symptoms of, of, of too much yeast in the body. Absolutely, and so, the, what you're doing is rebalancing the body by sharing with the body, this energetic imprint to help the body recognize the culprit. That's and exactly. that then rebalances the body and helps the body to be, be more self-healing. Yeah. It's almost like, um, I'm going to try using another example here. Let's mm -hmm. say I've got a missing person, but I have a search and rescue dog beside me. And I can just send a dog, go and get a dog in. It's looking for this. Hold on. Who am I looking for? So if you give it an article of clothing, like a sock or a shoe dismount, it goes, ah, now I can pick up on the scent and go right to it, right to the, the person. Well, I'm, that's almost like what we're doing in the body. Hey, body, I'm going to let you get a sniff of this, this frequency, this vibration. Mm -hmm. And so it can recognize and go, oh, that's what that is. And then the body knows what it is and starts to, to go right after it. And the body does all the healing itself. I take mm -hmm. no credit. Um, and I've told this to so many people. Oh, you, this is great. You've helped me with this. You know what? I actually didn't help you. Your body did it. I just helped. I just introduced it. So mm -hmm. if I wanted to, into, to introduce you, Dimple, to a friend of mine, and here's my, uh, my friend, Susan, Dimple, Susan, Susan, Dimple. I wouldn't say now you give her your phone number and you call, you give her your phone number and then you call her at six o'clock. And then if she doesn't call you Susan by six o'clock, you call her six. I'm not going to orchestrate a relationship. I just introduced. It's up to you guys to decide to make a, a, a great relationship. It's the same thing. What we're doing to the body. You, it's just so gentle. I have little three-year-olds sit on my chair as I imprint it in their face and they just stare at me and, but they feel nothing. Yeah. And tell it, me about the process. So you said you have this little machine. Tell, let's go there. Where? Tell us about the process and how it works. Well, you just sit down in a comfortable chair. Well, at least I, I think. <laughs> and um, they, they hold this little electrode. It's a little metal bar. And I take this thing that looks like a, almost like a pen and it doesn't have a sharp edge on it. And then I just go around and touch different spots of the body where electricity can go into the skin. Skin is usually, uh, it's, a, it's not a good conductor of electricity, but there are certain points on the body called acupuncture points. So I just go on them and I don't use needles. There's no, nothing like that. And so I just touch different spots of the body and it imprints it on those areas. And it goes through the body, almost like it's going back and forth through the body at 10 pulses a second. And it just washes all the cells with that vibration so the body goes oh that's what it is it's really simple it takes three and a half minutes and it's you're done so what we do is we go through a, a, a process we actually do the testing first and we don't use blood tests we don't use needles we use a simple method called muscle response testing some people would know them it used to be called applied kinesiology uh, but now today people are just calling it muscle testing 
And um, it's really simple, just using the static electricity in the person's body and the muscle strength. So when we hold a certain, we hold little vials that have been charged with electrodes to have the same vibrational frequency as whatever's listed on the label. And you hold it to a muscle and we watch how the muscle responds. And so let's say it's to the arm. If the arm strength increases when we hold something to it, that's indicative of the energy attracting to it. So the body says, I recognize this. If you hold it to the muscle and it pushes the electrons away from the muscle, the muscle can't contract. So we know that the body says, I do not recognize this. So that's basically how it works. It's a very simple test, but it's quite accurate. And kids love it. They have a good time with it. And um, we can test quite a few things with that, just from pretty much A to, a to Z. Yeah, muscle testing is surprisingly super accurate. accurate. And I've been using it for about a decade, even on myself. And I've done it blindfolded. I've done it, uh, you know, uh, not, um, not even knowing what substances were being tested. Like I've done it so many ways. Like for me, okay, I'm allergic to peanuts. So one time I had, you know, my husband blindfold me and, and test all these substances. And of course the peanut, like my muscle went so weak and it's just so crazy. Cause I wasn't even like, he was putting the stuff in, in a, in a bag and in a towel. So I didn't know what was being tested even. Right. So I couldn't recognize the packaging and uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. I, I use it all the time as well. I, I do believe it's very accurate. Yeah, we've done that. We just take things where one person knows what you're testing. The other one has no idea. That's a, sing that's a single blind study, but we've done double blind studies where neither one of us know. Yeah. And, and we'll just pick up vials and neither one of us know what I'm being tested on. And sure enough, it's always the same result. So it's actually very accurate. And we've, I've been using it now for about 30, 35 years. 35 years is a long time. I, I want to ask you what the, what kind of results can people expect from doing this, these sessions? But I also want to know how you even got into this work. So if we can take a few moments to talk about each of those things, that would be great. Uh, well, my background is physics and I've always been fascinated with physics, but, and, and I, I understand if, if I took a magnet and I rubbed it really briskly over a pin, a pin over a magnet, pardon me, then what happens to the pin? It becomes magnetized. Then I can pick up other pins with that pin. So essentially, if I were to take something and rub it on my body back and forth, I mean, let's say dust and molds, maybe my body would adjust to that, but if, if it didn't elicit an immune system response. So we thought we're not going to be take, telling people to rub this dust and, and grass and all their over their body and melt products. Um, so how can we somehow harness signature, the vibration of it, mm -hmm. and imprint it and have it go back and forth to the body? So it was just a thought, hmm, I wonder if that would work. If I can magnetize a pin by rubbing it over a magnet, what if I run an electrical current back and forth to the body at, let's say, 10 pulses a second or whatever it is, then the body should adapt to that. So we thought, crazy idea. So I was the first one to sit down. I said, I've got to try this. Now, unfortunately, I didn't have anything except battery electrical leads. And I was shocking my body. Um, if you're taking notes at home, that would not be the proper thing to do. <laughs> do not do this at home. And I thought, well, I have to be exposed to this. If, if I'm if I um, want my body to adapt, I have to expose. So I didn't know what to do. I just tucked it in my waistband and my, 
my pants and I ran this current through my body, but I was able to eat it and I was fine. Please don't anyone try this at home, okay? There's a much better way to do that. Um, and uh, you have to know what kind of current to run through the body. Do not just be taking a plug in the wall and shocking yourself. Please do not do that. <laughs> Gosh, um, of course. So we had to find an electronics engineer that could know how to produce something. And we did the research and we found it exactly what current runs through the body. And it has to be very, very specific because it's if you have the right current flowing through the body, and, and we call it, in Chinese, they would call it qi. Yes. In, uh, oh, I, I guess in um, Western medicine or Eastern medicine, they all call, so call it prana or whatever. We prana. call it prana chi um, we call chi. it energy we call vital life energy but yes. that's the body but it has to be duplicated exactly and then we thought somehow we have to get the current through their body so anyway long story short we came up with some ideas i want to be able to turn it on with a foot pedal they hold a pro uh and a ground electrode and i just touch different spots of the body and it would allow the current to pass through the body anyway we started doing this one at a time and then we tried two things at a time and, and then try to bump up to three so we try to do as much as we can anyway after twenty-five thousand clinical case studies mm -hmm. and when we had no symptom reoccurrence we said okay i think we're ready to write a book and twenty-five thousand. Twenty-five thousand clinical case studies first before we even started introducing it to the public and wow. that was back in 2004 i think we started doing introducing it to the public and so we had an, a list of the length of my arm of practitioners that wanted to learn how to do this. And we started introducing it and training practitioners how to do this. And we've been doing that uh, until today. So right now we have about 200 uh, clinics across Canada and the US that practice BIE. And you can actually find us on the web and whatever. Um, what, is, what is that website for our listeners? And we're gonna put it in the show notes as well. Yeah, the website is um, www for the uh, older people that need to <laughs> www is what you put first. B I E clinics with an S. B I E clinics.ca. And if you go on that, you can actually watch a little five minute video where I explain this to you in a little bit more detail. And you can see some celebrities on there and different doctors, and, and then they're explaining their experience with it. So uh, but it explains it a little bit more detail than what I'm giving here. And uh, there's also a toll-free number. It's uh, 1-877-393-7700. That's 1-877-393-7700. And that's anywhere from Canada. If you contact that number, you'll get through. And then the girls would be really happy to direct you to a practitioner closer to you. So all across that. North America right now. Yeah. Over uh, 200 in, clinics, in, I believe. In, in the US, yes. Yeah. Okay, wow. And you also train people to incorporate this in their practices as well. It's an adjunct to their existing practice. The, the I have um, chiropractors, I've got osteopaths, I have naturopathic doctors, doctors in natural medicine. Nutritionists. Uh, nutritionists. I even have some nurses, nurse practitioners, mm -hmm. even some uh, people that were um, pharmacists that are doing this, you know, they, I don't it's think a, they practice pharmacy anyway. It's a fascinating field. I, I would say it includes quantum and biophysics, acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine, kind of all in one. That's right. Yeah. And, and 
for you, how did you experience, uh, this, these, you know, this work for yourself? Like what made you, what instigated you to start? Uh, well, I, uh, you're, you're going to laugh at this and, and people have a hard time swallowing this, but I have to be honest with you. I had this crazy dream one night that if I was exposed to something while electricity was running through my body, my body would be learn to recognize it. And I thought, well, that's crazy, but this wouldn't leave me. And, and it, and it be, understand I have a science background. So for me, I understood that the body's electrical, the body's elect, um, language is electricity. So that would just encourage it, but I'd have to be exposed to it at the same time. So I just tried different things until um, we found something that really worked and it worked very well. Mm-hmm. So 80% of the people, or sorry, pardon me, 80% of the things that we will actually put on the plate of the machine and imprint in the body hold for life in one shot. Wow. Uh, 20% of the things may not hold. Uh, and that could be because they're too stressed or they didn't drink enough water, they're dehydrated, um, or they're around electromagnetic fields too much, putting cell phone on them, keeping them on their body. Something like that could throw it off. But 80% would hold the first time. 20% needed to be done actually a second or a third time. Mm-hmm. And uh, rarely ever a fourth, but we've had to do something four times before. Mm-hmm. So typically we just say one to four times and that's how And then for as far as we know, it becomes permanent. I, I worked on my first one 20, almost 23 years ago, and it's still never returned. And that was wow. ginger. I couldn't handle anything with ginger in it. And as soon as I did, I had a little uh, ginger root and I bit it and chewed it up, swallowed it down. I had a hard time getting that down. And I drank some ginger ale just to see what happened. Now, normally I would I'd be in so much pain and agony because my body just rejected ginger and mm-hmm. nothing happened even within 40 minutes, still nothing happened. So I said, let's try green pepper because I get indigestion so bad with green pepper. So I tried the same thing, zap, zap, zap when I was exposed to the green pepper and then I ate it again and nothing happened. So I get more excited. I started introducing to friends and family and people that were willing to do it. And they were just raving. Wow. I can't believe I'm okay with this now. That's dust. amazing. Yeah. Molds, dust. Yeah. Even molds, chemicals. Dust. Even? Chemicals. Yes. People yes. can't handle formaldehyde. I can't handle bleach. I can't, whatever it would be. And so we would actually imprint the signature of the bleach or the formaldehyde in the body and the body would recognize it. And they're okay with it. I want to ask a very controversial question and sure. I have to know this. Okay. <laughs> so for somebody like me, who had a peanut allergy since childhood. Yeah. I've never tried imprinting the energetic frequency of peanut mm-hmm. into my body. So is this something that could work for something as severe as that? Well, we, we have to caution them and we have to say, you have to work with your doctor uh, on this because yes. if it's a life-threatening thing, we don't want to step on the toes of a doctor, but we will say we've had hundreds and hundreds of kids come in with peanut allergies or nut allergies. And they, a few months later, they go back to their doctor and they get tested and they don't have any allergies and they're eating these nuts. And, but it has to be According tested. to, you have to get the doctor's permission to do so because they actually do the blood tests and find out. 
Um, did well, we, you don't you don't diagnose or treat or cure. No, no, no. no that's or right. Cure. So did we, we we didn't cure the peanut allergy. We just helped the body recognize peanut in hopes that it would say, oh, it's peanut. I mean, uh, some parents are not open to these type of this type of complementary methods, right? right? So, I mean, they're based on traditional healing methods. It's really to help the body achieve balance and heal itself. But right. what would you say to the parent who has a child with multiple health issues, possibly food allergies and intolerances, uh, symptoms that are really causing a lot of uh, havoc in the body. So for example, frequently going to the doctor, having these frequent ear infections or UTIs or uh, respiratory infections or whatever it is, a lot of these ailments that these children struggle with, what would you say to the parent who is hesitant to try anything beyond their conventional medical doctor? Well, um, it is so new and a lot of people just are not even close to being familiar with something like this. But I try to explain it in a sense that is so easy for them to understand. So why are so many kids are reacting to dairy these days? Well, kids these days are a lot more stressed than what I was as a kid. Because don't think stress is just something, mental stress, there's lots on the mind. There's physical stress. Physical stress could be I didn't drink enough water, that stresses the body. I didn't get enough sleep, that stresses the body. Kids stay up with their iPods or their, or their phones and they're looking at it and that blue light is, stim is stimulating the brain and keeping it turned on so the kids aren't getting the sleep like they should. Um, they wake up in the morning, they're tired and they'll have uh, pour some cereal or some milk on their cereal and eat it. But the fact is they're stressed from not getting enough sleep and then they go and expose themselves to dairy, then they also, they become entitled to the dairy. So, um, or the, the fact that we're eating so much sugar more so than when I was a kid. So what do we do is we just help the body to recognize it. It's really harmless. Um, there's no side effect. There's literally no side effect. So I ask people, what are you doing right now that's working? Well, it's nothing. I haven't found anything that really works. I can give them decongestants. I can give them antihistamines and things like that. But it's not actually dealing with the root cause. And the root cause is the body is unable to recognize the culprit. And why? Because they had it during a stressful event. And so what we do is we relax them, gently introduce it to the body, and we retest them again. And then we tell them, now stay away from it for two days. Um, let me give you an example why. If I were to break something, I glue it. I wouldn't just start using it right away because it hasn't dried. So let it dry for a day, let it stay for two days and not, and not use it. And it gets really hard, it sets in. So we tell people, once we imprint something, stay away from it a couple of days and then gently introduce it. And then you'll notice, oh, surprisingly, I'm not having a reaction to this. So. That is fascinating because on our podcast, we have spoken a lot about kids that are living in fight or flight mm -hmm. and their bodies are not in a healing state. We are not in a healing state when no. we are in fight or flight. And so what I hear you saying is that the reason that these blockages may occur in the body is because we were too stressed when we ingested that substance. 
Yes, that's exactly it. So there are two, there's two um, means of protection the body has to stress. There's external and internal. So the external stress is your fight and flight, your adrenaline, uh, and they're all worked up. But the other forms of protection in the body is basically your immune system. You cannot have them both turned on at the same time. When one's turned on, the other one's turned off. So either your immune system's running fine and you're, you're calm. As soon as you get stressed, it shuts your immune system down. It's like a battleship going into battle. Man, this, man your stations, batten down the hatches, prepare for battle. There's no way a little tender ship's going to pull up beside the, the uh, battleship and say, okay, give us your dirty laundry and your garbage and we'll give you, you know, your food supply. Get away from here. We're going into battle. And the cells do the same thing. They actually lock down, and this is proven scientifically, cells close off when you're under stress and nothing gets in, nothing gets out. Nutrients can't get in, toxins can't get out. And the longer they stay in that stressful event, the less, less nutrients they're getting in their body, the less toxins are coming out and they get sick during this time. Mm -hmm. So again, the whole time that you're stressed, the body is blocking anything that you're exposed to during that time because it associates what you just ate or expose yourself to with the stress. So the reason I'm stressed is because I just had this apple or I just had this glass of milk. No, it doesn't know the difference. So it literally blocks it. Fascinating. It's, it's really fascinating how our modern way of living is creating so many uh, imbalances in the body, right? And now it's trickling down into our children. Right. And until we learn how to, as parents, relax and in corporate, you know, mindful eating and, in, and uh, relaxed scenarios when these kids are ingesting their food and minimizing the sugar and all of that stuff. There's a lot of work to be done on our part to help our kids and prevent them from having these bodies that are, that are yeah. imbalanced. Absolutely. Right? And right. so it is, it's, there's so much to talk about it. It's, a, it's, a, it's, we can talk for hours, but I wanted to thank you so, so much for this insight and helping our parents to even have a taste uh, that this type of field is even out there. Right? right. And what do you think the future looks like for bioenergetics? Well, I, I forget what, um, I forget if it was Socrates or somebody said the future of energy is or for the future of medicine is energy or something. I can't remember who quoted that or whatever. I'm probably taking it way out of context. But I think if we would understand to communicate to the body at the body's language, the body will adapt better. And the language of the body is electricity. So if we were to start doing that and we, we, we keep promoting it and we keep telling more and more people about it and they realize my gosh, it's working. I don't have this symptom anymore. More people will get on that bandwagon. And we're doing our best. We're trying to train as many practitioners as we can every year. And uh, we are, um, we're, we're just excited about it. We just, we just hope that it keeps growing. Amazing. And uh, again, once again, even if somebody wants to find out about becoming a practitioner, they just visit your website. Once again, what is that website? The website is uh, www.bieclinics uh, with an s.ca. That's www.bieclinics with an s.ca. 
And your clinic that you're located at is in Oakville, Ontario. Oakville. Yes, we're in Oakville. Okay. Thank you so much, Robert. This has been so fascinating. I love speaking about this. BIE has been part of my journey as well as many other, um, many other complementary therapies and alternative uh, therapies that I've tried. And I, I love, I love the fact that it's so simple and it's so easy and it's so accessible to anyone Mm -hmm. really in North America. So uh, thank you so much. You have been um, so insightful and it's been fascinating. So thank you. And I hope that our listeners have uh, gained some knowledge that is maybe outside of the box, but something that they can um, investigate more and explore. And they can do that by going to uh, your website and connecting with your clinics from there. So thank you. Have an amazing rest of the night. And we will talk to our listeners next week on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the I Am Mom Parenting Journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and head on over to iTunes to leave us a review. We invite you to check out the show notes for this episode and click on the link to join our free Facebook community to stay connected and continue the conversation with other like-minded moms. Until next time, stay inspired take action, and create magic.